What's up you guys, it's Dog Talk with Holden. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes surrounding the Georgia Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another edition of SEC Talk, or excuse me, Holden, here with Dog Talk. Get this right after doing a couple of different shows here. Um, week one's in the bag, at least for the dogs. Finally getting on the field, and it looked good, felt good. Well, I say it looked good. First half didn't necessarily look all that great, uh, but we'll get to that as we jump into the game. Kind of some things we're going to go through. I'm going to run through a couple of uh, bigger high school games here locally around us in southwest Georgia. A uh, little bit of news to cover our dogs. Um, we'll review the game, obviously, and preview uh, kind of some of the games that are to come, as well as go through a lot of the other SEC games and some of the bigger games around the country as well. Uh, like I said, then we'll jump into Auburn, which will be this weekend once we get started. Um, starting things off in, in high school, one of the biggest games around here that I think everybody not only looks forward to, especially after last year, kind of a back-and-forth battle, uh, was Valdosta taking on Cockwood County in Cockwood County. Um, and if you know the head coaching situation there, Rush Probst going from Cockwood County to Valdosta um, made a big deal. I think Valdosta won it last year, maybe by a field goal, maybe by a touchdown, something like that. And this year, Cockwood County gets the win 24-10 to over Valdosta at the house. So he still couldn't get the win, even though swapping up high schools there and, and getting him a quarterback out of California. Another big one was Lee County and Lowndes taking off both undefeated. I think Lee County's been really good the past couple of years, and Lowndes actually beat them up pretty good, 38-13. Lowndes being at home, you know, can't win them all. I guess that's really all you can say about it. Uh, was really looking and hoping that, that Lee County would get that win and, and, and roll through the season hopefully undefeated because they've looked pretty good so far through the season. Same with Calgary County, even though they haven't played but one game. Uh, Valdosta as well kind of expected. But, you know, the, the, a lot of season to play, a lot of games to go. So uh, it's definitely not over. You know, that's kind of kind of the way that it goes there for those guys. Uh, into a little bit of the news earlier this week, I think it was actually yesterday. I'm filming this on Tuesday. It'll be released to you on podcast on Wednesday morning that's usually the way that it goes um but yesterday jt daniels was cleared or supposed to be medically cleared excuse me medically cleared uh, per kirby smart at least 
Um, and I did read earlier that Trey McKitty, you know, that has been injured, he is uh, he's practicing more and more. I think he actually started practicing yesterday, which was good. It means that he's starting to get in, you know, working on those uh, legs. And, and he said it, it wasn't heavy necessarily, you know, light. Uh, had a couple guys obviously filling in his position uh, this weekend. But he's hoping that, you know, he can kind of get more and more practice throughout the week to get himself ready and prepped up. And, and more than likely we're going to need him come come against Auburn this weekend. Um, so hopefully he can get more in, you know. Uh, I, I don't think that you're necessarily going to see this guy have to be put in that situation the entire game. Uh, but back to JT Daniels, one thing to remember on this, um, and, and this will kind of get us right into talking about the game from this past Saturday, was even though JT Daniels is, is supposedly going to be medically cleared, we don't want to put everything on the kids' shoulders. You know, you take a guy in Mississippi State's KJ, KJ Costello after this past weekend, you know, he had a lot lot riding on him, and he, he showed up and showed out. And, and listen, I hope that happens with JT. But I don't want anybody to be disappointed because you expect, all right, we put DeWan in, and he looked okay. A lot of people are going to say he didn't look good. There were a couple of plays on that that weren't necessarily his fault, and Kirby even said that you're also taking a guy who hasn't played football since 2018. Um, so it, it, it's not necessarily anything crazy to be expected for the guy to come out there and throw for 400 yards. You know, he didn't have the greatest showing. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way it is when you first jump into the SEC after not playing for basically two years uh, after the brain surgery and everything that he had. He didn't necessarily look terrible to me. Now, it, it, there were spots where I saw where I was like, eh, he's got a lot of work to do. He's young again, hadn't played in a while. And then there were spots that I saw, okay, this guy could be, he could be a really good threat in this situation. Um, but he's got a lot of growing to do, a lot, a lot of time to kind of get in and, and get more experience, which is why I'm glad once we put Stetson Bennett in, and, and Stetson really, he, he kind of lit a fire under the team. We kind of got things rolling, at least offensively. You know, we put Dewan back in, you know, give him a little bit more experience. And all it takes is reps, 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 reps. More and more time you're in there is, you know, that's the way it's going to be. You're going to get that experience to slowly but surely start to get better. Um, on Stetson Bennett, looked really good. There were times that, uh, you know, I was a little bit nervous for him because if you watch the game close enough, you could see anywhere that Dewan, or excuse me, that Stetson was looking, that's where he threw the ball, which made me really nervous because I did see on one play in particular that he, he eyeballed a guy and he threw it and the defender was right there. He, he had eyes on the quarterback as well. Um, and he followed him, he read him well, and very well could have picked him off. He was very lucky that he didn't get picked off on that play. But that's the only thing that concerns with me me with him but that doesn't mean that he's not going to continue to get more reps get better learn hey you got to look these guys off you can't just stare at a guy and throw it directly to him because against arkansas that may work it may very well and it, obviously it did but against auburn auburn's got a more stout defense than that no knock on arkansas but that's that's just kind of the way that that's going to roll out is auburn is going to be ready for stuff like that they're going to pay attention to that now in reading what kirby was talking about and planning on him being cleared he did say JT Daniels, that is. He did say that that's not necessarily going to change anything in the scheme of things when it comes to practicing every day. The only difference right now in last week and that is, yes, we know he's cleared, so he will be available in the game. And all that means for Kirby is he said he's just getting more reps, which is a good thing. To me, him saying he's going to get more reps, again, to me, that means, okay, more than likely you're going to see this guy get in. And if we see DeWan go out there, if we see Stetson go out there, if we see JT Daniels, regardless, we got to back them up. 
Um, I, I, I'm leaning pretty heavily that I don't, you know, I've, I've heard a couple of, I don't think we're going to see DeJuan walk back out there at a start. You know, that's just kind of how it is. I think he's going to have to continue to get some experience, and he will. I think there's going to be some games that Georgia can hopefully hype up the offense enough to where you can get experience back, uh, not only for Stetson as well, uh, but for DeJuan back there. But I do think JT's going to end up getting the start against Auburn, and I hope he does. I hope he comes out, and I hope he's firing on all cylinders. Um, and has a big big day, big game, all, you know, everything, because our offense in that first half was so lackluster, so much so that there were times that I watched and I was like, nothing's changed. Even though Todd Munkin's in here, nothing's changed. We didn't necessarily go to the ground as much, which was fine, and that kind of made me a little nervous too, not necessarily that we were going to the ground, but when we did go to the ground, not much was happening. We weren't picking up a lot of yards. Um, and in the in the second half, I think we had a couple plays. Zeus, I know, got loose at least once. Um, and he, he, he kind of showed some cuts, which looked really good, and I hope that he continues that as well. Um, against Auburn, that can be pretty difficult because Auburn is known, just as Georgia is, to be a pretty tough rush defense. But, again, we're just going to continue to work and uh, get better and, and get into a position where we can do better. Because in that second half, you saw Stetson did come in, and, like I say, he kind of lit a fire under the offense, and we got it rolling. Now, it's funny because when you look back on the final, what, 37-10, to 10, I believe, yeah, 27-point deficit and, and Georgia, even though we didn't look good at all in the first half, the second half we did look good offensively. Georgia still had the greatest deficit uh, as far as margin of victory in the entire SEC, which kind of blew my mind, mainly because watching like Alabama, they really got off to a strong start. Uh, Florida, they looked really good offensively. Defensively, maybe not so much, but offensively they did look really good. And – put a lot of points on the board, which is, you know, that's good. But on the other side of the ball for Georgia is Georgia's defense still looked great. There was one play, and everybody's talking about blown coverage and everything and reading what Kirby was saying. It wasn't a busted coverage. We were going for the quarterback trying to get a stop before there was really ever a play to get off, and it was just a good pass. They got over the top of us. It wasn't a busted coverage play. We were working on something different, and they called the right play against it. And that's just the way that one ended up. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I don't think we held – I think we held them to, let's just see, yeah, 77 total rushing yards. So not too bad. And 38 of those went to one guy. Raheem Boyd only got 21 of those. There wasn't a single touchdown on the ground, which is always good. Um, and then passing, obviously, was the one that, that Felipe Franks threw. So, I mean, defense is still looking really good. Still got work to do. Um, let's see, was it uh, – Stokes, I think, that got the pick six. Let me just double-check it. Okay, evidently I don't have my number right there. Yeah. All right, it doesn't show the interception there, but he did. Yeah, Stokes, and he got the touchdown. Yeah, so it was a 30-yard pick six. Richard LeCount had two, one of which was beautiful, that one-handed snag kind of behind the head, uh, picking that one off against Felipe there. Um so the defense looked great. I still anticipate them looking great. And coming into this game, I think a lot of people are going to, you know, think that Georgia really doesn't stand a chance. Um, and when I looked at it a minute ago, I think I wrote it down here. Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Again, this is Tuesday night. A lot of that's going to change by Friday, Saturday, coming into the game because uh, we don't play till what, 7.30, I believe. So you got a little bit of time. I'll pop up our uh, the dog schedule at least on our side right here so you can see it obviously got the win yeah 7:30 on espn primetime game espn game day even though it's completely different than it normally is is going to be there at the house in all in athens um so looking forward to this coming up 
really big weekend. I think it's the first top 10 matchup of the 2020 season. Uh, so it is to me and I think to everybody it's going to be the game of the week. It's going to be a lot of eyes on that, not only to see what Georgia's offense is going to look like, but also to see, hey, is, is Auburn as good as we think? Or same thing on the other side of that, is Georgia as good as we think? Do they deserve to be in these top 10 spots, top four spot for Georgia? And we're going to see, you know, there's a lot to come from it. Uh, diving into some of your stats from the Saturday game, Stetson Bennett, he does throw 20 for 29, 211 yards, does have two two touchdowns on the night. Uh, Mathis goes eight for 17, 55 yards, does throw one interception, unfortunately, for it. Zamir White, 75, 71 yards, excuse me, on 13 carries, one touchdown. James Cook did touch it seven times, 26 yards. Stetson also scrambled five times for 20 yards. And I think he actually had the uh, two-point conversion touchdown, touchdown, whatever you want to call it, two-point conversion um, earlier in the game as well. A couple other guys to one. He rushed it ten times, scrambling basically four yards is all he gets on that. So rushing-wise, we had 121 yards on the day to Arkansas's 77, one touchdown on that. Passing-wise, we got 266, two touchdowns, one interception. Other side of the ball with Arkansas, Felipe Franks, 19 for 36, 200 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Obviously, Kirby and everybody knows that that uh, that turnover differential and that, that, that ratio makes a big difference in a game. If you're turning the ball over three times and the other team is not, it's going to be very difficult for you to win the game. Um, he does throw two interceptions. Uh, Tylen Burks, I think, comes in for him. He throws an interception as well. That was, I think, the one-handed pick by Richard LeCount. And I actually think that he is a running back. I believe maybe he's maybe he's another quarterback. I'm not 100. percent Hey, he could be a wide receiver. Um, I can I can kind of double check that. Yeah, so he's actually a main key wide receiver there that threw it to the side, threw it again, and uh, Richard LeCount gets your interception on that. He was your other interception. So three total interceptions on the night. They're running side of things like we talked about earlier. Uh, Smith's running for 38 yards. Rakeem Boyd we held him to 21. Uh, Felipe Franks, I think, scrambled for maybe 13 yards. Not very many. Um, again, holding them to 77 rush yards, which is good. On the receiving side of things, our leading receiver was Kiaris Jackson. Six receptions, 62 yards. Uh, George Pickens did get touched four times for 47 yards. Did have a touchdown on the night. Nice little turn uh, score on that. Uh, Fitzpatrick, obviously, with another key touchdown in the game as well. I think that was what kind of got us up. I think it was 13 to what was it, 13 to 10 at the time when, when he scored the touchdown to put us up at that point, 20 to 10. So, you know, 266 yards through the air, a couple of touchdowns, not too bad, as opposed to Arkansas's 203 with one touchdown. We did fumble the ball a couple of times between Dewan. He fumbled it once. Luckily, we recovered it. Uh, James Cook, he also fumbled it, and that was the only time we lost a fumble on the game. Uh, let's see, they fumbled it a couple times. Luckily, they kept reception of it each time. Yeah, defensively, like I said, we looked good. Had a couple sacks on the night, which was good. And that was one of the biggest things we talked about coming into the game was let's start getting that havoc rate. I think we've talked about it last year. I think we've been trying to get the, uh, the defense really pressuring the quarterback, and I think we saw a lot of that, which, again, going back to praising the defense on it, looked really good. It was awesome seeing the defense really get rocking, getting in the backfield, stopping the run, uh, causing havoc on pass plays. That's how you get a couple more interceptions in there as well, bringing more guys, put more guys in the box. So defense, all praise to you. If I gave like a, a dog of the day to a team or, or what have you, it's going to go to the defense uh, and Richard LeCount just because he had a couple interceptions. 
but the defense can't tell you enough about how good I feel about the defense and I think that that could make a big difference uh, in the game upcoming against Auburn and definitely down the road playing Alabama it's going to be tough that defense is going to have to have to make stops and our offense has really got to come alive for that to be a good game same in the Florida game like I said I think watching the Florida Ole Miss game Florida's offense looked really good they were they were really in key and stepped together and moving well um, but their defense you know Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ole Miss is a little bit better offensively than I'm thinking. But their their defense gave up, what, 35 points and, and a lot of passing yards to an Ole Miss offense that, me personally, I don't think is necessarily all that great. I could be completely wrong. We could see Ole Miss's offense being a pretty potent offense as well. Uh, and I could just eat my words. You know, We'll find out once we go to play Auburn – or, excuse me, Florida in what's week seven of SEC play. I think that's like week ten of regular season. I think that's what they call it. So, you know, that's kind of how that one gears up there. Um, looking back on it, I think I picked Georgia. I don't know what the line was at the time. I know, I think when I picked it, it was 22. Uh, they, they expected Georgia to win by 22, and I picked it 38 to 10 was the score. Finishes 37 to 10, I'm off by one there. So by the end of the weekend, though, I know it ended up like 27 and a half, and I was like, whoa, I don't want anything to do with that. As a matter of fact, I think game time was 28. Um, so it really hiked on up there. Uh, but I did look. I don't remember what it was that I called it. I think I did say under whatever the number was. When I look back at it, the number was 53 at the end of the week. I don't remember what it was last week when we did the episode, but I did take that under. Obviously, we did stay under. I think that number may have actually been like 56 what, Yeah, a week ago when we did this. So if you took that, hey, good. You might have won, won something off of it. Looking around the rest of the SEC, excuse me, I'll pull up our top 10. Uh, actually, I'll just pull up your top 25 right here. And I'll show you the games on the side because I completely forgot to show it over to you so that way you could see it. i got to hit the button for it to move to you. There's our games on the side coming up. Here's your new top 25 that you go through. Florida does jump us and put themselves in that three-hole. Matter of fact, I'll go through your top 25 right now. While we're looking and talking about it, Clemson staying at the top 2-0 and after a week off. Um, yeah, I don't think that was Corona-related. I think it may have just been a buy. Alabama 1-0, and staying in the two spot. Florida does jump Georgia and move into the three spot at 1-0. and Georgia staying in the four spot, 1-0. and uh, Notre Dame finding themselves in fifth after not playing this past weekend. They're 2-0. and And finally, you start to actually get some other guys. You're only going to have one Pac-12 team show up on this in Oregon, which I think is down in the 14 spot. But you start to get the Big Ten that will now be put in the AP poll. And that's where number six, Ohio State, comes in. Uh, Auburn will move up to seven at 1-0. and Miami jumping way up, and they've been steadily climbing as the weeks have gone by and as they've been winning that one big against FSU. Poor FSU. I, I was hoping they'd make that a little bit more of a game just to be competitive. Did not at all. Uh, Miami moves up to the eighth spot. Now 3-0. and Texas, whoo, they barely held on this weekend. At one point, I did not think they were winning that game, and they do come back to get it done in overtime. They sit in the nine spot, two and zero. Penn State, another Big Ten team, finds itself at the ten spot. Uh, UCF moving up to number eleven, two and zero. North Carolina at twelve, one and zero. Texas A&M falls down to thirteen after barely squeaking by Vandy, fifteen. Or excuse me, I think it was seventeen to twelve, maybe. So they beat them by like five. Uh, Oregon, there's your Pac-12 team in fourteen. Uh, Fifteen, Cincinnati, two and zero. Mississippi State, sixteenth. At 1-0, what a great game against LSU this past weekend. We'll dive into that in just a minute. 
Uh, so, so they jump all the way from not being ranked in the past couple of weeks to finding themselves in that 16 spot. Deservedly so. Number 17, Oklahoma State at uh, 2-0. and 18, Oklahoma at 1-1 one and one after falling to Kansas State for the second straight year. Uh, Nail-biter there, but at the end of the day, Spencer Rattler, when you throw four to five interceptions, that's going to happen. 19, Wisconsin, another Big Ten team there. LSU, after their loss to Mississippi State at 16, LSU now in number 20 spot, falling a good bit there. Uh, 0-1, obviously, starting the season that way. 21, Tennessee, 1-0. BYU comes in at 22nd at 2-0. 23rd, another Big Ten team, and your final Big Ten team, Michigan. Uh, Then you got Pitt coming in the 24th spot at 3-0. And Memphis rounding out your top 25, 1-0 in the 25th spot there. So let's run through a couple of the other games here. Florida gets the win over Ole Miss, 51-35. Kyle Trask with a big night on it. I wanted to pull up some of the information for you, so I had it here. Uh, it was being a little bit slow for me earlier because I did want to, like I say, have that number for you. Um, but evidently it's not going to pop up, so I'm just going to run through your scores around the SEC. Uh, Kentucky gets the, or excuse me, Auburn gets the good win, 29-13 over Kentucky. It was kind of back and forth there for the first half uh, before Auburn in the end in the fourth quarter, I believe, actually started to pull away with that one a little bit more. All right, we just talked about the upset of the weekend. Mississippi State does upset defending national champions LSU in Baton Rouge, 44-34. All I can say about that one is I really do think that it is a good win for Mississippi State. LSU, yes, lost a lot, and we talked about that. They lost a lot of guys, and it's not necessarily expected because when you come off a national championship team, even if you do lose a lot of guys, you still expect there to be competitive. And there was. I I rate this as LSU play B-minus football. And against some teams, you can't, especially when a team like Mississippi State plays A-plus football in that same game. Um, Like I said, Mississippi State gets the win there. They look good. And uh, K.J. Costello, let me just look because I know I've got this number right down here. Um, K.J. Costello goes 36 for 60, 623 yards, throwing for the SEC record uh, in yardage per game, or, yeah, yardage in a single game. Five touchdowns on the night, two interceptions, had 83.1 QBR. Um, And Kyle Trask, I think, set the SEC record for throwing six touchdowns uh, in an SEC opener. So, you know, another number for you there. Mississippi State looks good. That's why they're now in the top 25 at 16. Uh, Alabama rolled on to beat Missouri 38-19. Alabama looked really good in that first half getting started. They still look good in the second half, even though they let Missouri start to come back. By the second half, you had already had your second string for Alabama in, which was smart by Nick Saban. Get your guys in. Get the job done. Let's start getting some experience for some other guys because you are dealing with a pandemic. At any moment, you could lose half your team. Um I mean, that's just, you know, that's just kind of the nature of it in this day and age as far as games go in the pandemic that we are playing in. So smart by him to do that. And also, if you take away that last second touchdown, the game ends 38-12. So, or excuse me, 38-13 because they didn't even kick the field goal. So also credit to Missouri and Eli Drinkowitz for keeping those guys on the field and keeping them playing until that last second. Even though it was the last second score and it didn't necessarily make a difference in the game, they kept fighting. They're still getting experience. They're going until that last whistle like you're always taught to do. Um, it's different if you got the game won and you're kneeling. I get that. But on the other side, if you're not winning the game, fight until the very end. So I did like to see that out of Missouri. Obviously, in the end, it didn't matter. 
moving on you got texas a&m and vanderbilt and texas a&m just barely squeaked it out unfortunately i never did get a chance to watch this game nor did i ever go back to watch it so i can't give you a whole lot of information on it outside of that texas a&m squeaks it out by five against vandy at home uh, for a&m even though you're not having as much you know crowd and stuff like that uh, one of the games I did enjoy watching over the weekend was the Tennessee-South Carolina game that we expected to be the game of the weekend, and it was. It was great. It was back and forth. Tennessee gets the win, 31-27. Great game. Beat them by four there. Enjoyed watching that. Um, I, can't, I can't take a ton away from it just because it was back and forth. It looked really good, and it's hard for me to really tell. Is, is Tennessee looking really good? I don't think they look bad. Is South Carolina looking pretty good? don't think they necessarily look bad either. Um, we'll see as the season starts to progress is – what if neither of these guys are good? You know, that's just kind of the nature of it. Going back to like the twelfth man there in the uh, in the Texas A&M game, we talked about the last time. Is crowd noise going to make a difference? Now, I do know that in the Arkansas game, um, I think they may have had cardboard cutouts, which is just strange to me. They did have the band there, and I think they're doing a pet band, I guess is what it is around the SEC, so you can't have your entire band, but you're at least getting some band noise, which I was glad to hear because I do want to be able to hear certain, you know, certain things like that. Um, and, of course, my number just completely went away, but this is one of the things I want to hear. So if I can hear something like that in the stands, it's going to be awesome. Um, and I did hear that Kirby said that they did pipe in a little bit of crowd noise, which is fine. You know, I think uh, one of the things a guy that I was listening to was talking about was it is a little different. It's a little bit strange because you're at the game and it does take a little bit away from the crowd when you, even if you're not in the stands, even if you're on the field watching the game, when a big third down play is made and you kind of look up in the stands and not really anybody's cheering, but you're hearing a lot. So it's kind of strange there when something like that happens. Um, excuse me, I hope, this, hope that's not too loud for you. you got to cover up that vent there. Um, anyways, so crowd noise is a thing that is kind of being pumped in. And, and Kirby even said, I believe he said, you know, at first it, it just pretty much for the most part of the game, it felt like a normal game. You know, you still had that crowd noise. You still had some crowd moving around and everything. Cardboard cutouts are strange to me, but that's nonetheless – he did say, and there were some third down situations where it did actually sound like, hey, we were at, at an actual game, had the same atmosphere, and by the time they got into it, you know, you just go with it. You roll with it, and everything felt good, felt normal, like you were back in just normal season if it, as if nothing had ever happened. All right, getting some of our other top 25 games pulled up here for us to be able to go through in a minute. Um, one of the things I was listening to earlier was they had talked about if you are pumping in crowd noise, what are the decibel levels? You know, what if what if you got a guy who's pumping something in at like, I don't know, ninety, and it's that, that's pretty loud in a stadium. I think if you if you would ever go back to to one of the other shows we do, we went through kind of decibel levels, which is who really cares at the end of the day. Um, but one of the loudest was like 126 decibels, and one of the, I think an average crowd sound is like 80, and there's like 90 or above. I think is can actually cause hearing damage so i think they i think they plug it at like 70 i don't know how all that works really you probably don't care so let's roll on to it going back to a couple of things out of the uh georgia game uh, that i meant to mention earlier was the kick return game was a big a big part for the georgia uh offense special teams whatever you want to call it because we had yeah kenny mcintosh alone in kick returns had two returns for 91 yards 
he was putting us in good spots when they did kick off to us. We were sitting at, you know, the 45-yard line, I think, both times. So we were in a good place, good position to start. Other side of the ball, Jake Camarda, great. I think he was the SEC player of the weekend as far as on special teams player of the weekend. Uh, has 75 or seven punts for 349 yards. His long was 63 on the night. And multiple times, I think we pinned them within the 10-yard line uh, or definitely within the 20. So he looked really good this year. A big step up from last year where a couple of times he would shank one. Not going to say it wouldn't happen in the game, but he looked really good in the punting situation. Uh, and the uh, sophomore yeah, kicker, he looked pretty good too. I think he had three extra points, two field goals. Um, so he looked good. 38 was his long. Obviously not much to go from there. But at least our kicking game is looking good. The other side of things that I wanted to talk about that was not necessarily very good was our penalties. Georgia penalties did not look good through the game. I think we started the game. Uh, I think we ended the game anyway. Well, my number doesn't pop up there. We had a lot of penalties. We were very undisciplined in the game. I remember at one point we were watching the Georgia game on the top screen and the uh, Mississippi State LSU game. Every time we looked down, there was a yellow flag. Every time I looked up, there was a yellow flag. So both games had a lot of flags. Georgia discipline has got to be worked on uh, to start getting away with some of those penalties, not getting away with them, but get doing away with them uh, and get a little bit more discipline. Anyway, that's kind of how that shakes out. But continuing on with some of our top 25 games, like I said earlier, Kansas State does beat Oklahoma, upsets them at the house, 38-35. Uh, UCF wins over East Carolina, 51-28. Louisiana Raging Cajuns barely do slip by Georgia Southern in overtime, 20-18. Uh, I thought it was overtime, but I guess maybe it wasn't. Um, and actually, it wasn't. I think there were 52 seconds left. Georgia Southern scored. Louisiana gets the ball, go down, and kicks a last second or as time expires. Field goal to win that one, 20-18. Top 25 matchup. Pitt gets the win over Louisville, 23-20. Uh, Texas, like I said, they, they barely squeaked by in overtime, 63-56 over Texas Tech. one point I looked up and there were maybe two minutes left in the game, and Texas was down by two scores, so I really didn't think they would. They get a touchdown, get the onside kick, go down score again, go into overtime. First thing they do is throw a touchdown, and then the other guys throw an interception to end that one in overtime. Army does fall to Cincinnati 24-20. Another top 25 matchup. West Virginia falls to Oklahoma State 27-13. Uh, like we said earlier, Miami big win over Florida State at the house 52-10. A couple of others here. Virginia Tech at the house takes on North Carolina State. Gets the win 45-24. Uh, and, and I was hoping that Troy would kind of put up a bit of a fight against BYU. And they did not. They lose 48-7. BYU ranked 18th last week. Uh, and this week they come in at 22, so they fall a couple spots as you put the Pac-12 and the Big Ten into the AP Top 25. So that's kind of a couple of your games there around what we got going on. Let's look at a couple of our Week 5 games that are coming up. And as we go through, let's see. Obviously Georgia taking on Auburn. I will get to that in just a minute. Here's a couple of your top 25 games that are set to come up this weekend. Uh, Louisiana Tech takes on BYU. That's actually going to be on Friday at 9 o'clock ESPN2. Uh, Auburn and Georgia we'll get to in a minute. South Carolina taking on Florida at the house. That one will be on ESPN2. Florida at lunchtime. Florida comes in as a 17.5 point favorite. TCU taking on Texas at lunchtime as well on Fox. Texas is a 13 point favorite. Uh, Missouri taking on Tennessee. 
SEC Network at lunchtime. Tennessee is 11.5 point favorite. Again, this is as of Tuesday night, which is the 29th. So, got a few days. Obviously, by game time, that number is going to fluctuate one way or the other. NC State taking on Pitt. Pitt 3 0 coming into this. It's going to be on the ACC Network at lunchtime as well. Pitt at 14. Another good game to look out for this weekend. Would have been a top 10 game of the week, but Texas A&M fell out of the top 10 there at 13. Texas A&M taking on number two, Alabama. The 3.30 kick on CBS, and I have no other choice but to pull this up for you. Because when you talk about a 3.30 kick on the CBS network, this sound right here is the only sound that I ever hear uh, when it comes to that. And what an exciting thing, because I do enjoy the CBS network, but this sound right here, like I've said in the past, it just it takes me to that college football uh, atmosphere for when the game is getting kicked off and rolling. Um, and like I just said, obviously, um, that one's going to be your 3.30 kick on CBS. Alabama does open up as a big favorite by 17. Doesn't necessarily mean anything because LSU opened up as a pretty large favorite over Mississippi State. That's how it went. Now, we're going to see how this one rolls. Let me just take a look here. Yeah, I do have Alabama picked to win that one. I think it could be a tight game, but after last week, Alabama looked good and Texas A&M didn't. So based on last week, I think Alabama's going to take that one. Don't like the 17 number. We'll see if that number goes down or up. But if it's me, as of Tuesday, I don't like Alabama by 17 over A&M, even though it's at home. So I would, I think I would take Texas A&M with that one. Uh, moving on, you got number 12, North Carolina, taking on Boston College on ABC 330-14. Uh, is what North Carolina's favored by. UC, USF taking on Cincinnati at 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Cincinnati, a 22-point favorite. Oklahoma State traveling to Kansas, 3.30 on ESPN. Oklahoma State's a 21.5-point favorite. Uh, number 25, Memphis traveling to SMU at 3.30 on ESPN2. Memphis is a 3-point favorite. Do you remember that game last year? It was a back-and-forth battle. Might be another good one this this year. Memphis 1-0, SMU 3-0. Uh, so should be a good one to look up there. SMU is going to be at the house as Memphis comes in. SMU will be the underdog. Tulsa traveling to UCF, uh, 7.30 on ESPN2. UCF is a 21.5 point favorite. Arkansas traveling to Mississippi State. That one's going to be on SEC alternate. Same thing that uh, A&M was playing on last weekend. That one's going to be at 7.30. Mississippi State opens up as an 18-point favorite. Oklahoma State, or excuse me, Oklahoma traveling to Iowa State, 7:30 on ESP, or excuse me, ABC. Sorry, I'll get it right in a minute. Oklahoma only opening up as a seven-seven-point favorite there. So watch out, Iowa State may be looking to put Oklahoma completely out of the top 25 to start the season. Uh, and LSU is going to travel to Vandy. LSU does open as a 20-point 20 20-point 20 favorite on SEC Network at 7:30. Watch out for that one as well because. Obviously, LSU lost to Mississippi State. Vandy didn't look terrible against Texas A&M. Who knows, Vandy being at the house, they might yeah, be crazy to see uh, LSU open the season at 0-2. And your number one Clemson Tigers are going to go home. They're going to be home against Virginia at 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. Uh, Clemson does open as a 28-point favorite in that. Now, jumping to the Georgia and Auburn game this weekend. I think I can pretty much shut everything down outside of that. Here we go. You have got a great quarterback in Bo Nix there at Auburn. They've got a couple of running backs, but I'm not necessarily worried about the run game. 
they've got some wide receivers and that's definitely something to watch out for they've got guys on the outside they've got obviously a guy in the pocket who can throw it and get the ball to those playmakers so georgia's defense has to be on high alert that's our secondary has to be better than they were last week against arkansas even though they were good linebackers d-line everything havoc rate definitely i want to see that number up and improved and just getting better every week because we're going to have to have it playing against auburn we've got to pressure bo Nix to be able to get you know get things going hopefully get him to throw some bad passes maybe get some more interceptions on the day so the defense has got to be a big key part in this one to be able to not only stop auburn but also, you know, maybe get some turnovers in it. Give your offense a chance. Give your offense not only a chance, but more opportunities to make something happen. Field position makes a big difference. If we can stop guys, get good field position in, not only punt return, kick returns, anything. Um, and last year we did a great job of it. We did a really good job. I think we held them to no points going into, what, the third, fourth quarter before they finally drove down the field and started to score. And offensively, same thing, I think, 16 maybe it's 16 to nothing going in the third fourth quarter didn't necessarily look great um so hopefully our offense can kind of get it stepped up we're going to see I, I i personally again think that it's going to be jt daniels that we're going to see and i hope we do we'll see you know kind of how things shake out i don't think that it would be necessarily a bad thing if stetson got to start not only is a confidence booster to him but hey he did a great job bailing us out of a situation that could have been really bad last weekend uh in arkansas there in fayetteville so We'll see how that turns out. Um, I do feel like, you know, I've, I've heard one guy that was telling me, you know, what if JT comes in and, and they do a terrible job? And I was like, well, you know, that very well could happen, but I'm not going to let myself think that way. I want to see JT come in, and I really just, I don't know why, I just have this feeling in my head that he's going to come in, and I just, I don't know why. I just have a feeling some big things are going to happen for the dogs and hopefully the dogs away because I do think Todd Munkin's offense can work really good, um, especially if he is an air raid type. You saw it in Mississippi State, Florida. I mean, a lot of games around the league that were – I mean, we, we had balls in the air all night, and I think there were a ton of – I would be interested to see what the stat line was for rushing yards in comparison to passing yards and receiving yards last week. Um just to see, because I'm, I'm fairly certain that number is going to be pretty high on the passing side. Um, but I do think that it can work, and I really hope that he gets in and does it. I hope we can also get the ground game going. Uh, we rushed for over 100 yards last week, but I'd like to see, you know, maybe Zamir, maybe James, Kenny McIntosh, either any of them get in there and uh, really run and, and, you know, see a guy come in there and get more than 100 yards. Same thing receiving. I'd love to see a guy get more than 100 yards. I think that George Pickens is going to be – kind of picked on if if i can say it that way uh, more this week and i hope that he is uh, he is a playmaker and i think it is all about just like kirby said before it is all about getting the ball to your playmaker um and don't be surprised when you see you know auburn start to put two i don't think they put three guys on him but seeing some guys get double teamed the good thing about if they start to double team him if he's being double teamed that means somebody else somewhere else is open um you're going to have a guy available if something like that was to happen so Big things can happen from that. I hope he's able to step up and, and really we can get the ball to him more. Um, again, it's all about getting the ball to your playmakers and making a difference. I really do think that our offense is going to get geared up and rocking. Georgia comes into this one as a six-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, the over-under is 44 on this one. I'll tell you, it's a tough one. 
it's really, really tough. Um, I'm going to consider myself 1-0 after last week's pick taking the under. Whew, this one's tough, though. Georgia by 6.5, and, and the over-under is 44. See, I could see this game probably going. I'm going to be honest with you. I think our offense starts to get something figured out. I'm going to write it down here for for myself, really. Let's just see. I could very well see this game going, yeah. I'll just say it. 31-24, give it to me to the dogs. You know, that, that doesn't leave a whole lot of margin of victory there. What, call it a touchdown? Obviously, that's what it is, is a touchdown. So, if it's six and a half Georgia, nah. No, nah, I think we beat them by a touchdown. It's right where I want it to be. So, give me the dogs, 31-24. We beat them by a touchdown uh, Saturday. That's going to be my pick. That is the game of the weekend. Not only for you, that is the game of the weekend for everybody. That's the reason that game day is there. That's the way that that's going to shake out. And uh, that's all I got for you guys. Um, hope you guys have a good evening. Looking forward to Saturday's matchup against um, against Auburn, obviously, like I just said. I'm going to get some music rolling for us here. All right, that's the same one I played a minute ago. It's not necessarily the same one that I want to do. thought I had our fight song here. Here we go. I'll play it for us now. So, anyways, out the door we go. Give me the dogs. I think the dogs will look good. I'm excited for it. Go dogs! And uh, tune in next week, and we'll review this past weekend's games and jump into some more. <laughs>